fun. Hello, everybody. Guess who's back? It is both me and the main stand. Happy to be back for my vacation here for episode 19. Uh, shout out Josh and Mitch for letting me use some PTO, being, you know, the good coworkers that they are and really holding down the fort while I was gone uh, doing fucking, I don't even know. Um, but we're back. It's episode 19. Guys, it's lovely to see both your beautiful faces through the computer again. I could kiss you right now, dude. It's the holiday app, boys. We're almost at 20 episodes, and we're celebrating the holidays this week. It's going to be a fun one. Hell yeah. Happy Chrysler, everybody. (laughs) Merry Crisis. Hanukkah. Um, So, uh, yeah, I guess the first piece of housekeeping was I'm back. Um, I had some real-life things kind of going on. Um, The the podcast was a little difficult to keep up with, so Josh and Mitch held it down. I didn't have COVID, and then no one died, so it's nothing negative, just – a lot of stuff going on pretty busy end of the year period um so just just took a couple weeks off appreciate the willingness from you boys for Absolutely. for holding it down for me um and then while i was gone uh the omnicron variant has the premier league by the balls it yeah, is not sick um breaking news from swansea uh per i believe it's welsh regulations um they will be playing behind closed doors again. So we've seen our first official team go back to kind of beginning of the return of soccer after uh, we've been in this kind of COVID world for the last couple of years. I think Germany and the Netherlands had already gone back. This is the, definitely the first kind of Premier the per- League the, side. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough, man. I, I, I'm in favor of kind of just taking like a 30-day break and – seeing where things go i think you know taking the fans back out of football is just bad for the sport overall bad for probably the Absolutely. ratings and yeah just kind i of don't fans in general i'd rather just have them do a 30-day lockdown let you know as many as possible get vaccinated in that month time period and then um you know go back to keeping the fans in the stadiums uh just just an interesting kind of food for thought i think too um i saw like vaccination statistics from you know the other five leagues and the Premier League, you know, included in there. And, and this isn't, like, here nor there. Um, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated, but, like, what the fuck ever. Do what you want to do. But it was interesting to see that the Premier League has had a lot of fixtures canceled, and they have the lowest vaccination rate out of any of the top five leagues. It's, like, 68% of the players are vaccinated compared to, like, most of the, you know, other of Europe's top five leagues are, like, in the high high to low 90s, um, you know, percentage of, of players in the leagues are vaccinated right now. So, just you know interesting you know it might be a mix of things too but uh just some food for thought for those of you out there that have that opinion yeah without going into too much controversy here i want pat's opinion on this as someone who has a different manager and pep you know pep's fantastic what what i think you're what makes jurgen klopp so great though is like where he starts to kind of dip into like the city culture of liverpool and like really connecting with people what did you make of his comments pat him saying he never signed uh, an unvaccinated player. Uh, I actually didn't see that he said that. So that's interesting to me. I think given the current um, like landscape of the league, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you look at it from like a strictly like availability standpoint, not looking at it from like, you know, trying to politicize this or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you want a guy who's going to be able to play the most games possible every year. And if you have a dude who like every time you leave the country, there's fear of him, 
getting COVID if they leave their apartment. You you don't probably don't want that guy in your side. So I, I can totally see where Klopp is coming from. I, I also was a pretty big fan of of Klopp's comments a couple weeks ago where they were just like, do you think people should get vaccinated? And he's like, I don't know, man. I just listen to the people who are like the world's top scientists. Yeah. And they told me to get vaccinated, so I did. I think we should all just listen to the people who know what they're talking about. Um, and he and also generally, has a personal relationship to it. Um, yeah, lost, losing his mother. Yeah, lost his mother to um, complications from COVID. So, um, I, I think it's he has a unique perspective. Um, I think everybody has their own situations that they're in, and and uh, I mean, looking at just the last two weeks, how fast the football world has kind of changed again um it's just a very day-to-day thing and um you know i think the players are doing their due diligence they have been i I think we're all kind of at the mercy of you know what's what's gonna what's gonna happen tomorrow um but i think just taking some time to shut it down and seeing what happens for the next 30 days would be a better better thing than saying yeah we're gonna keep playing but we're gonna kick our fans out i mean yeah while i think that they should do that i don't in england anyway i don't see right right happening i think they're just gonna play behind closed doors for like a month and you're gonna have like a a month of fixtures with no fans again and then kind of go from there um but it's just so hard um yeah it's terrible it sucks it's like not and as liverpool fans we know how how big having supporters at anfield means it it was knocking on my door hold on sorry it was very different and um i just i just hope that people can stay healthy um and that we can figure out a solution to this so um everybody gets the the best of what uh what is going on yeah, and Pep Linders had a quote too. I don't know if you saw this, Mitch, of like before the the game here this week. Uh, Pep Linders said, you know, the one thing that's been like a common course throughout this pandemic with both like the Premier League and just English government is that they've always acted like too late. And I thought the past few weeks has been like the perfect example of that of just like letting things snowball when it was just so easily preventable. Just taking, you know, a, a week or two off. And the the main reason I I wanted to bring this up is actually a tweet. I saw today, and it was from at Awake in Belfast. So Awake in Belfast, we're on your ass. Um, the tweet was, I'm a broken man tonight. The love I had for Liverpool Football Club goes back 45 years as a former priority ticket holder. Next to my family, they were my only other love. Jurgen Klopp has killed that. I still have memories, but LFC, you're dead to me. I'll never watch you again. And that was a, a direct response to the comments Klopp made. So I kind of just wanted to get your guys' take on it. People are stupid. Football is football. At the end of the day, you don't have to go on the back end and read every comment you don't have to agree with everything but what's going on on the field is what we love that's 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 the game of football and i just i think it's stupid to express your opinions that way well said other than the covid stuff i mean it looks like we're kind of you know looks like we're past the the brunt of it hopefully you know with a lot of you know teams missing players and whatnot i know liverpool has, hasn't had any new cases in the past couple days 
uh, and matches are scheduled to go on for Boxing Day and those New Year's fixtures as well. So we'll see how it goes the next few days. Hopefully we're kind of past it, but uh, we'll get into some kind of review stuff. Rick's picks is the only other housekeeping then we have really left on the list here. Went 2-1-1 one, one last week, kind of a, a weird um, array of fixtures, but uh, that one could have could have went pretty well. We went 2-2 two, two for 2 the first day, and I thought things looked pretty smooth, but that Tottenham-Liverpool game on, on <laughs> Sunday was a little bit messy. Um, Mitch, a lot why don't you it. go ahead and, and, and start with that one and uh, maybe the performance of Paul Tierney? <laughs> um, it was an unbelievably frustrating game. Um, that that's a, again a game that Liverpool should go out and win comfortably um, especially with the side that Tottenham is putting out right now um, but we, uh, we're back to some inconsistent officiating and uh, lack of VAR calls when, when things should uh, just over the last I would say 90 days, three months. We've seen uh, unbelievably like just confusing calls when it comes to what's, what's the high boot in one game. What's not in another, the, the, the contact, the pace of play. And then you have VAR in the mix as well. I question why the Harry Kane yellow was not checked not even I, not even it wasn't even a question and then to have a very similar yes Robbo wasn't on the ground it wasn't like it wasn't a sliding challenge but to have that l- looked at and then changed I don't see a clear and obvious error in the call on the field at all and I don't think anybody looking at that replay can can say there was a clear and obvious error with the official giving a yellow we're going to change that and give him a red well okay here's here's where the guy who's not a Liverpool fan is going to have his two cents on this um, I think Harry Cage should not have been on the field 100% that was a red card very confused why Paul Tierney didn't go even look at the monitor I'll totally agree with you guys there uh, Robertson's was a red card too. I don't think either player should have been on the pitch. I agree that Robertson should have got a red card. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was an obvious error. Robertson lashed out at him. There was no attempt to play the ball. It, it fell right in line with yep. like the violent conduct intent to injure things. So while I agree the whole idea of why was... didn't Canes get checked, but Robertson's did is frustrating. It doesn't make any sense. That, and that is but... where most of my frustration lies. Because, yeah, and, and I because we saw it there. we saw it in the Pogba challenge in the Man United game. Right. Harry Kane's tackle was identical. Identical. And yeah, that no, and I don't I don't think Kane should have been on the pitch. And that all. that is that is the frustrating part for me. And how how is the even... Kavanaugh guy on VAR not like ringing down and being like, "Hey, we just watched that back" cuz it's just as much on him as it is Tierney. And you saw the same thing happen in the City Newcastle match cuz that was 100% a penalty on Ederson. Yeah, it was 100%. So how, how does the VAR ref not come down and and have a say about that? And the thing that frustrates me is that I, I don't understand why these officials can't 
they have like this aura around them where you can't talk to them or speak bad about them because they're refs and their job is hard. Well, I, I just hate that. And then they just promote failure because Tierney is the VAR ref for Liverpool Chelsea. So this, this thing just continues to happen in bigger and bigger matches. Players get dropped. Managers get sacked. Why can't refs that have you know an awful showing like that be dropped from big games and put someone that's doing well in? And that, that's what bothers me about the whole situation. Tierney I mean, Tierney's obviously been bad had a all year. Yeah. He's, been, he's been bad all year. He didn't, I mean, not to bring it back to another thing involving you guys, but he didn't even look at the monitor for that second yellow on, yellow on Milner in the city of Liverpool yep. game. Yeah. Very fortunate for that not to happen too. But again, it's just an example of Paul Tierney not being competent enough to, to do that. And he even, even then, the VAR told Tierney to look at that and he decided to not, I'm pretty sure, with, with the Milner one or something like that with that game. But okay. again, it's it's an example. I, I agree with you. It's it's Tierney should be dropped. There should be something there. The The overarching panel, the FA, should be able to be like, listen, buddy, You've had a fucking nightmare these past two months. Why don't you take a break? Why don't you go be a linesman? <laughs> the I Jota, just... the Jota play um, in the box too. That was like a nailed-on pen for me. The and the ref's explanation for it was that Jota slowed down intentionally to to make contact. If you watch that, Jota's literally just slowing up enough to get his foot under the ball so he can shoot. And that was what Klopp was kind of going after him after the game about. Uh, just a the, ridiculous what are, call. What are the forwards supposed to do? Like, yeah. if they're on full tilt run, just keep running. Like, if you're on a breakaway, just slow the fuck down. Apparently. Um, I just found an incredible statistic, Josh. I don't know if you've seen this one. In 20 domestic games this season, Liverpool have been issued 27 yellow cards and one red. 11 yellows and the red have all been issued by Tierney. Tierney fucked up in the Tottenham game by giving a yellow card out early. I don't know if that's his style, but he I thought he kind of officiated I mean, I that don't game feel super like, poorly. I don't feel like he's ever I don't feel like he's ever been so card happy. Like it it feels like a more recent thing. Like it doesn't like I don't remember Paul Tierney flashing cards that fast. Well, like, I think they're in, kind in a of Premier League game, and it's a big they're, they're kind of it's a big physical game. Card him, though, as of late, like the, yeah. the this year especially, like. Cards have been given out. Like, it kind of all started with that whole thing, like, tugging in the box, being able to be called for a penalty. Like, refs have kind of had that liberty these past couple of years to just, like, really, you know, stamp down on, like, the tough, tough physical play. And, like, more than others, I, I think Tierney has kind of taken that to another level. And I don't know. The, the statistic against you guys is weird. Like, maybe he just doesn't fucking like you. But that that is odd. And I, I and I, I wasn't know. I wasn't looking at that as like uh he's biased and he hates Liverpool. I'm looking Campaign at that against at that, Liverpool. Like I'm just looking at I don't know what other game like was he was he the official for the United game as well? I don't know. I know, yeah, I know he, he also did head. give a ton of cards to Spurs though too. Yeah, yeah, yeah there were a like, lot of cards in that game. Just and I it didn't seem as physical as as that though in the but, same breath again i just think it's like uh, i think it's like a he's just a poor official because that all goes down to like game management like when you're a ref like if you set that early precedent then you have to issue cards the rest of the game and i think he does that right. too often so it's just him being a shitty ref <laughs> at the end of the day it's like it would he would rather stop 
play and have like 12 added minutes than just letting yeah. letting play go on. And it was such a weird game too, like not to go into too much detail about Liverpool, but like our two best players on the day were ultimately the ones that kind of conceded the game. I thought Robertson was great. Yep. I mean, he all over the place, scores a wonderful goal, another Trent assist, and Allison literally keeps us in that game for the majority yep. of it. Two incredible saves. The one on Deli Ali was just incredible, insane. I don't know how he gets across for it. And then, you know, he kind of makes a stinker of the second goal. So what, what's sucks. been up with him this season? It's been so hit or miss. I have no he, idea. He's got the most errors leading to goal for any goalkeeper in the league this year. And it's weird because, like, he's a class keeper, but he just feels like he's got an error in him this year. And, and, and I th- I think it kind of leads back to, like, just he's not ideal on the one-on-ones anymore for some reason. And he's being he's being caught out or leading like like his distribution is a little off as well like it's just like i i don't know if there's a miscommunication or if there's something going on but like i don't think he has any maybe it's just the yips i don't know yeah it's just been a funny year for him i, I didn't know if uh, he's not been struggling with the injury or anything like that nope. has he it's, it's just mm, been a weird year really. for him in my opinion i think like last year was the the weirder year the weird for him one, yeah. I, I think he, at the beginning of the year it was like okay like he's definitely back it's been like the the past two games in specific like he's looked a little bit shaky on the ball and i don't know if that's cuz the midfield's rotated a little bit and like i think we, i think it does have something to do with yeah, it yeah you'll notice that a lot like tiago and fabinho like to drop back in between like the two attackers or you know whoever's right, up yeah. there pressing and i think that kind of like doubt of like where people are and where people are moving that half seconds like fucking him up a little bit where he does like to hold on to the ball if that makes sense could no, be because no, it that. could be because we are changing our style a little bit when it comes to that midfield too it's yeah. like now that we have tiago kind of going full tilt and getting that starting role and like playing his style of of midfield it's different than we've seen in our champions league campaign and our our premier league win as well like it's it's a little bit of a different midfield play and i don't know if that that change also forcing the change in the back line and how we position um and the timing of things with with how many times the back line has changed as well um it it could just be leaving him a little less confident than usual too yeah Yeah, no, I, I hear that. It's uh, it's a funny situation that he's in, but I don't know. I was just curious what uh, your guys' thoughts yeah. on that were there. Um, going up. You have some thoughts. On okay. what? <laughs> on your game. Oh, I don't really have much. I have about the same shit I have to say about City every single fucking week. We're really good. Um, beat the piss out of Newcastle. Uh, 4-0. Ederson probably should have conceded a goal. Not going to lie. That was, a, that was a penalty. That was a penalty. Um, but... Four really, really well-worked goals. Uh, De Bruyne is back. And Sterling is right back amongst the goals, which is really, really cool to see from from a City fan perspective. Um, I thought we looked really good. I um, don't really have much else to say. I, I think just watching us play, you can really see it in and out. Uh, this City team is as confident as, you know, that team that went back-to-back in 18-19. Um, I think they have that mentality to know that they can't drop points or they're not, not going to win the title and having a side that's done the same position that they're in right now um already done it they're 
I think, going to do the best they can to replicate it again. Um, they're playing extremely confidently, and um, it's uh, something to note is this city side does not have a striker, and they have scored 11 goals in their last two games. That's crazy. You just lost a forward, though, too, for Antoris. Yeah, we did, but he has barely been playing uh, this season, and I think the, the fee is uh, – 55 million euros plus 10 millions and 10 million in add-ons so it'll end up being 65 right around 60 or right around 56 million pounds um ultimately so what'd you get him for uh 25 i think 25 30 so we're making a little money on him and and then you know jack Grealish only costs 45 million that's what that means (laughs) my i'm gonna repeat a tweet i had this weekend my favorite part of newcastle games now is just them panning to the owners once Newcastle concedes and then ends oh up getting Oh my god, beaten. it's so funny. Their faces are just incredible when they're getting their ass beaten. I mean, you can't... I mean, City are like the... the I think they're the best away team in the league this year, too. Um, they're just like rocking up to everyone's stadium and kicking the shit out of them for the most part. I mean, they're good for a bogey game or two. Like, Tottenham away, I always expect us to lose at the beginning of the year and then that game we lost to Crystal Palace. But outside of that, like you know as a, a somebody who's been a fan of the club for like 11 years now i've been watching them and like you know there are games where you're just like city are going to lose this game i know for a fact the club i support are going to lose <laughs> it just feels like that it's that game i don't feel that way with the city side this year uh, they feel confident they look good on the ball they've been they come back from going you know, goal down situations and they're not doing what they've done in the past which is letting their foot off the gas when they're up one or two goals um I think the CD side is very, very deadly. And if I think if they get through January on top of the table, they're my favorites to close the year out and win the title. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad shout either. You know, even in the position Liverpool's in, three points behind, uh, you know, Man City, I don't know. When they have a lead at Christmas, it always looks kind of dangerous. It's got 2019 yeah. vibes all over it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a really, really good race to the end. I, I think it's going to be City and Liverpool just going punch yeah. for punch, but. Uh, when you guys come to the Etihad, and I think it's uh, March or April, right? Or is it sooner? Than, is it February? It's, it's, it's sooner it, than it's that. It's coming up. I think it's February, isn't it? I'm, I'm pulling I feel it up like right we, now. I feel like we play City and Chelsea like in kind of close vicinity. That game, in my mind, is going to be the one that probably decides the title very similarly to 2000, the 2019 season. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. I uh, I think that's going to be the game of the year. And I thought the first meeting between Liverpool City was the game of the year. And we'll kind of move to the the third, I guess, title challenger or you know fake title challenger, I guess. Now uh, six points behind uh, first place, three points behind Liverpool. Chelsea they played Wolves and dropped points um, again. Tuchel was doing his little whining bit at the beginning of the game. Won the game postponed. Um, didn't get it. Had to play with a, a rotated team that still was pretty, you know, pretty class all around. And they dropped points at uh, the Molyneux. What did you guys think of that one? Um, I think they're not out of it yet. I think they I, still have. I think they're falling think they out are. of it very, they're, very quickly. It, I, it's it's literally it. It's going to be two more weeks, and 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 if they keep up what they've been doing in the last three four weeks. I mean, think They'll of it, be gone. Think of, I, I guess the way I'm thinking of Chelsea's current title challenge is how many times 
do you guys see Liverpool like tripping a little bit for the back half of the season? You maybe you'll drop points one to two more times, maybe. And then the city yeah. game, it's in April. The, the game against City in April okay. is a toss up between the two of us. City are going to drop points maybe one or two more times. Like these teams are well oiled machines. And when they yep. get rolling and when they start killing teams, they just go and do it and they do it they and they do sink it. Them, like, sink their teeth. Fast. They beat the hell out of teams, and, and like we're we're watching these two teams that in the past four years have gone like winning record trade. They've traded winning streak records, and cities like again that giant winning streak in eighteen nineteen, like fifteen games in a row to close out the season to win the title, and then Liverpool going you know tying that city record in seventeen eighteen when you guys won the title, you know eighteen games winning in a row in the league. These sides are just built to win games. And I don't think you can say the same thing about this Chelsea side right now. They look like a team that is built to not lose, mm -hmm. not like a team that is built to win. And that's not losing is no longer enough to win you a title when you have these two teams at the top right now that are easily going to both win 30 games come the end of the season. If that result against Leeds goes against them too a couple weeks ago, they'd actually be seven points off. First yeah, and then they're out of it. So yeah. I, I think it's really tough to see this Chelsea team keeping pace unless something changes. They're just not – again, it, it comes down to they're not winning their games. They're not losing. They're drawing. They look like all right at the back for most of the games, and, and they never look like – in danger of, of losing a lot of the time you know you're, you're always just like oh they'll get one more they'll get one more but they're not they don't they, it doesn't feel like they have that cutting edge in the final third to just like guarantee three points somewhere like they're they're not a city that's going to run you ragged and then get that equal get that you know last minute goal that goal mm -hmm. to like the 83rd minute after they've run your legs to death and they don't have a player like Mohamed Salah or honestly Jota right now who's just going to score a goal and win you a game they just right. don't have that yeah. player or that that well-drilled system. They're not that oiled machine that is just going to win you a game. It just doesn't feel like they have it. Um, that being said, I think they're still going to finish third. And and then lastly, we uh, last game we kind of want to review here is the, the top four challenger, Arsenal. They're in the top four right now. What do, what do we think about Arsenal? They, they pumped leads. They, they've been on a pretty good run i i kind of had brought up a couple weeks ago that's been against some like weaker competition but without a bombing in that lineup they look a little bit different and dangerous i think they're better i think they're better without a bombing honestly i think right he's I, absolutely i i think the way the what a bombing brings to the table when you watch them play with a bombing a lot of it feels like they're trying to spoon feed him goals because he is you know pierre america bombing they they play a little bit more fluid without him I think they Lacazette has stepped. Yeah, Lacazette has stepped it up big time in these last couple weeks too. I think he's looked really, really good. He's looked comfortable off the ball. He's pressing. He's getting involved in Arsenal's build up a little bit more. Um, I like him a lot. I think the young guys are really, really stepping up for Arsenal. Um, I think Tomiyasu's kind of really, really starting to find his feet. Um, you know, he looked good at the beginning of the season and he looked good right when he came in. But I think he's really making that back for his in a way. And um, I, I think Emil Smith Rowe has been one of the best midfielders in the league this year. And these past couple of weeks have really shown it. Absolutely, Patrick. Um, Arsenal have, have looked outstanding after quickly finding the bottom of the league. They stepped up to the plate and they have made very 
challenging but necessary changes and it's it's paying off Arsenal look really good right now I think Arteta trusting the youth was the best thing he could have done absolutely to take this Arsenal team forward yeah Odegaard and Martinelli have looked uh, pretty good in the past Martinelli scored a class goal the other day it was a really really good finish from him and Katia got a hat trick in the in the cup yesterday as well he's kind of been on yeah he did yeah, yeah. But he he looks good. He looks good. Yeah, he's not, he's not bad, but and Liverpool have Arsenal in the next round of the Soda Cup. Can't yes, wait that game the... just got done. Uh, we won't talk about that too much, but holy shit, what a cup tie, man! <laughs> you guys are gonna score that that game between Arsenal and Liverpool is gonna be like nine fucking goals. The last one, the last Carabao Cup game they played, it was five five, and we won on penalties at Anfield. Uh, oh my god, just, it's gonna be. We certainly incredible. did just win on penalties. Kelleher, the the old Irish goat, stepping up to the plate. Taki Minamino gang. Taki, Jota, my stand. <laughs> what a all game! All right. So before we let Josh lose you all a bunch of money, <laughs> we're gonna let Mitchell uh, talk about the weather over in Florence. The weather is not ideal right now, boys. Couple of a uh, couple of tough matches as of late. Uh, we are tied for six now on goal differential, so technically seventh. Um, it's not ideal. Not yes. Ideal. Yes. Off for two weeks, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna say partly cloudy right now. So do the chance of rain. There's a little chance of rain. Little chance of rain, but we have the sun rays still poking through the clouds. Um, yeah, we'll see. The the boys are playing okay. Uh, Vlahovic, uh, we're we're now at kind of decision time. Um, it's it's gonna be uh, kind of nail biting for the next few weeks to see if he decides to stay in Florence. It feels like he's not gonna move until the winter, uh, in my opinion. So, do you mean summer? Yeah, you know what I mean. Sorry, yeah. the, he, said, the, he the, said one thing. The sunny, the, the sunny time, not the cold time. He's going to need to go to sun time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do also feel that, but there's, there's always that chance. And with the last couple of weeks slipping as they have, I just think he has a better opportunity to, to prove himself a little bit more uh, if he stays the rest of the year. And I, I hope we can get that kind of. I mean, it's not affecting his play by any means. He's bagging goals left and right. But um, I think once once it's kind of confirmed, I think everybody else can settle down for the rest of the year and they can refocus. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Josh, I lied. Make the people some money. What, what's are on the bet? What, what are the bets? What are the bets for this weekend, man? How much money are we making? Okay, first of all, we, so we have six picks this week. And uh, we're actually going to do it because it's Boxing Day. Boxing Day, I mean, it's the second biggest day in the Premier League season. We got games all day Sunday. We got a few games Monday. We're actually going to start off in the championship, though, because I have a fun little quick bet for you guys. Um, And that is Hull versus Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers are exciting because they are in third place right now, and they're only one um, point off automatic promotion. They are on fire. Uh, and they would be a fun team to see back in the Premier League, in my opinion. Um, I agree. Last five games, won all five. They've kept five clean sheets. I don't even need to do any research on Hull to tell that they are on good form. 
I'm going to take the Blackburn money line here, plus 135. I like betting championship games because you can get money line bets with just insane value, especially for you know a team that hasn't conceded five times out. Uh, I'll take that any day. And now we're, we'll switch gears right to the Premier League. Not much internationally this week, uh, this weekend. So we're sticking to just five Premier League games, and we're going to start it off with Liverpool leads. I'm, I'm going to go Liverpool winning big here, minus two and a half. They beat them 3-0 at the start of the season, so I'm kind of looking for a, a repeat result on that one. Uh, specific, specifically, Junior Furpo kind of got toasted in that game. I think he had a match rating on who scored of like 5.6. Um, and now is not the time to be playing bad against Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah. You know, overall, Leeds have just been really fucking bad. We saw that against Arsenal. We saw it against Man City. I mean, they're 11-1 and on aggregate in their past two games. Um, expected to allow 3.16 goals on average in their past three games. I just see there's no way they're even staying within a couple goals of Liverpool on Sunday. No, I this bet feels pretty nailed on to me. Uh, yeah, Leeds are just shipping goals left, right, and center this year. So, yeah, I think Liverpool are going to kill them. Yeah, and then, uh, that one has decent odds. You can't even bet on minus one and a half. That bet is not available <laughs> because it's so nailed on. So, <laughs> uh, plus 105 odds is the, the odds for that one. So, still a pretty good pick value-wise. Um, Man City Leicester is the next one. This is kind of an interesting one. Uh, you know, a cup final last year, um, I believe, right, Pat? Yeah, so, it was uh, the Carabao, right? The Carabao? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it was, it was the Carabao Cup final. Um, so last four head-to-head and all comps split down the middle. These sides are 2-2 two and two against each other. Um, where I think this one kind of gets a little separated is there's no real value in betting City on this, but, uh, you know, Leicester had to go really hard in the midweek. Um, despite having a bunch of COVID cases, they pretty much went with their strongest eleven. I would say, right, Mitch? Yep. You think? Yeah. 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 So it was, it was their top. That's what, that's what I kind of thought too. So City, you know, have all that rest. I don't think there's any way City lose. Again, I'm not going to put money on that. What I do think is City will will pour in some goals, and you kind of saw how Leicester's defense is a little bit shaky, even against the Liverpool B side. So I have over three point five goals in this one, plus one ten. Yeah, and this city side is humming right now yeah. too. Like like I just said earlier, eleven goals in their last two games, and we don't have they don't have a fucking striker. So expect goals. Yeah, and so Man City's I believe eight for nine, um, kind of recently on over two point five goals. So I'm kind of just going a little bit more extreme. I think the over two point five was like minus two forty, so not a ton of value. So we're, right. we'll go with the over three point five bet. Um, yeah, put, put, just put like 20 bucks on the over 3.5. Yeah. You'll be good. It, you've got a good chance of hitting on it, and if you hit on it, it's all right. You, you, know, you make a little money. It's an all-vibes game. That's <laughs> exactly. All vibes and hopefully a city clean sheet, too. Next, we got Villa-Chelsea. This one's interesting. Stevie's really getting the, the tests put to him early in his career over at the Villa. Uh, had to face Brighton, Liverpool. What, he played City already, too, Pat, right? Yeah, he got murdered. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. But he's played pretty well. He's four and two. It happens. Four and two. What What's most impressive about this Villa side is that their defense has been really, really sharp um, since his arrival. They've only been expected to concede one point one goals per game. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Chelsea having trouble scoring goals, um, and they still have some COVID cases. So I have this one under two point five goals. That's minus one twenty five. So that's kind of the favored pick. 
uh, I don't think this one's going to have much in it. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately for your guy, Stevie. <laughs> um, this one's a fun one because it's not one we would normally talk about, but Wolves <laughs> and Watford. I have the Wolves money line, and I would bet probably $1,000 on this. Because uh, Wolves, you know, they've only, I think they've drawn one, 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 and lost two in their past four. It's not the most impressive results, but they have played so well, and I, in my opinion, been so unlucky recently because they, they have had to play Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City. Man City, yeah. And they played Brighton, which isn't like an easy game to just get points and in. Those, and they won that one. Those three performances were strong ones too, uh, yeah. aside from the hairdryer of the week, um, you know, in that City game. It, yeah, they, they gave us a run for our money until Raul they, they were, like forgot they how to strong. play. Yeah, they 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 look strong. It's I I I would bet big on this one. I, yeah, I and like they gave Liverpool a run for their money too. We were yes, pretty they lucky. did. Uh, and not to give any picks away because we're not giving things away early on team of the season picks. But you know, we mentioned Otnori a couple weeks ago. He's been class. Connor Cody's been good, and and Jose saw a net is just unreal. Um. Just to read off a couple stats for him, uh, .95 goals allowed per 90 minutes. That's top 90% of all goalkeepers in Europe's top five leagues. What's most impressive is his save percentage. Uh, shots on target, he's saving 80.7% of them, which is top 99 percentile all of Europe's top five leagues. He has made the difference for Wolves, in my opinion, this year. Um and Watford, you know, they can score, score goals, but I think they're going to have a hard time in this one. And I see Wolves um, taking the three points at the Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty straightforward, honestly. That's We're going to see a lot of uh, GoPro goals on the Cycling GK, G, GK's YouTube. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the last one, West Ham Southampton. I have the West Ham money line here, minus 110. This one's kind of a weird one because West Ham have kind of sucked lately. Um, but I'm predicting this to be the bounce back game for West Ham. Uh, they haven't won since that game against Chelsea. So I, I think Southampton has an open enough defense for really uh, some of their attackers to kind of get in those spaces, Jared Bowen, Antonio, and whatnot, uh, to go on and win that one, especially at home at the London Stadium. I dig yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, I can get behind that bet too. So six picks there. I think they're all pretty reasonable. We went about half and half with the minus odds, plus odds, um, some money lines, some over, under. Uh, we'll see how they do. Boxing day special. Sprinkle. Well, when we go six for six, we're going to Vegas. Just remember Rick that. Six picks. That would be a great Christmas gift. Be sick. That would be sick. Did you pick six picks this week because there are six sides on a box? No, I you, didn't. I had to geez. count. <laughs> for those watching on YouTube, that was uh, probably a fun five seconds. He <laughs> just. Oh my God. Six. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, you All boys right. want to dig into team of the season? Yeah. So to close out this uh, close out this episode, you know we're about halfway through the Premier League. I think most teams have played. It's like eighteen or nineteen games right now, so we're we're hitting that halfway point. Um, and we wanted to do like a like a mid season team of the season. So you know, up to now, who have been the best eleven players in the Premier League? Um, I, I think we all picked a four three three formation. 
And then at the end of it, we've got a couple of honorable mentions. Um, just the way we're going to format this for the listeners so we can say it now so no one gets confused while they're listening. We're going to go position by position and each share our picks, chat a little bit about it, and then move on to the next pick. There will be no defined main stand team of the season for the midseason. It will just be our three separate teams, and we'll all just kind of chat about, you know, how we felt or, you know, about each of the players. Um, so we'll start in goal. We'll go back to front. Um, I will – I don't mind kicking things off. I'll kick off the goalkeeper slot. So in goal, I have Ramsdale. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Josh, the, did you also have Ramsdale? No. But he was – I was 50-50 on him. <laughs> it I was think, a toss-up. So, give it, give it a little context before the other two guys give theirs. I think Aaron Ramsdale has come in. He's added a really big leadership element to that Arsenal back four, who looked in disarray pretty much, you know, until he stepped in and you know made the goalkeeping position his own. And on top of that, he is fourth in the league, league in saves and fourth in the league in clean sheets. So, he's doing the thing in between the posts. He's keeping the clean sheets, and he has really organized what was a really fucking messy Arsenal back four in like the 13 or 14 games that he has started back there for Arsenal this year. I, uh, I, I took the other side of the coin. I think we all can agree on. Um, I took Pat's lad in that. I took Ederson um, solely based on clean sheets and um, their, their place in the premier league right now. I think um I think he has been tested a few times, uh, a few big times, and stepped up to the occasion um, swimmingly. So, I so we have three different goalkeepers. Wow! Because I went Edward Mendy. You guys kind of know how I feel about him. I think he makes the biggest impact at Chelsea. I think Chelsea, because they play on narrow score lines, I think they would be way farther down the table without him. Uh, yeah, that, I watched that game against Brentford a few weeks ago now. It was when I went to Maine on the plane. Uh, he <laughs> literally keeps Chelsea in game sometimes. I Absolutely. think he makes the biggest impact. Maybe that's why I, the I, Ederson I one doesn't. That. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm just going to say I can agree with that. Um, and, and you'll to I, I when we get into the center backs, I will me and I will explain why a bit more um, to to like talk to Mitchell's point too, but. That's Ederson fair. has been good this year. I will I will say that. I don't think Mitch's pick is totally out of left field. Um, he's been a good keeper this year for sure. Uh, you know, I watch him every single week that they play a game. Uh, but he's really got a fucking error in him, that crazy motherfucker. So <laughs> I think it's just a Brazilian thing. I, I had Ramsdale as my honorable honorable mention. I, I I agreed with Pat there on his uh his points. I think he's been really good this year. Um, I don't. I think Phenomenal. all three of those goalkeepers have probably been the three best keepers in the league this year, all things considered. Yes. Um, do you guys want to start at left back or right back and then go across? Let's do left, left. to right. Go left to right. All right. So, I left back. I have Jao Cancelo. I do as well. Yeah. I don't think there's any any debating who is the I left don't, back choice. I think the fullbacks are the easiest two picks here. Yeah. Unless Josh is going to come out the woodwork. And <laughs> oh, well, Actually, no. I think right wing, right wing is probably the easiest pick on the board. Okay. Yeah. I think the fullbacks and the right wing, if you picked anyone other than the three that will be mentioned, <laughs> I don't know if this sport is for you, my friend. <laughs> yes. Um, 
So we'll go moving. So we all picked Cancelo for left yeah, back. Do we want to? Do we do we need to talk about that? I don't or, think we do. You, know, you can listen to the other eighteen out. episodes, and you know I'll be sitting there talking about him enough. Exactly. Uh, so the center backs. Um, Are we doing both at a uh, time? Yeah, I think you can share your pair. Okay, and then gotcha. you can just like chat about the two. Um, so. My two center backs are Rudiger and Ruben Diaz. Not a bad shout. Ruben Diaz I, is a good one. I don't think he's had a good of a year this year as he did last year. I think Ruben Diaz is more important to the 10 city clean sheets than Ederson is okay. watching him play. I think yeah. his defensive actions and the way he organizes that back four and the way that, you know, he is both a, a rock in the defense and he's a threat on set pieces. And for the first time in a while, noted, City have a threat on set pieces in Ruben Diaz. Um, I think the what he brings to that City back line is much more than um, like any of our other defenders. And I think his quality and, you know, his ability as a defender is the reason we have these 10 clean sheets, not so much as... Ederson in goal. Um, I also had uh, at Ruben Diaz, and I was kind of torn between him and Rudiger in my second spot. Um, but I did put in Virgil um, because the comeback of Virgil has been so important to our side, and I think he also is far more important to the amount of clean sheet tallies that Liverpool have um, than Allison in that. That's fair. I, I don't hate the Virgil shout. I, I think Motip's probably been the better one um, this season. Yeah, this year, I, this year I agree. I think Motip has been your best center back. And I and I like I was I was stringing with the idea of Motip, but just looking at the difference in the side from last year to this year, I just think it's blatantly obvious how important he is to our back line and I and I think that's been a huge part of the success we've found um, this year as well and he's yeah. also I think second in the league in touches his distribution he's been distributing the ball more than Allison has um, out of the back so well that's always kind of been like a facet of that of your your guys' style of play you know ever since he came in it's been those long right. diagonal balls from Virgil in the LCB spot out to Trent Yep. you know on the on the right and that's just kind of just like always been something i noticed that liverpool did and we've um, we've also been playing the ball back a lot recently i yeah. i've i've started to notice how how much more often w instead of pushing the tempo and playing those long through balls down the down the wings we're starting to play through the midfield a lot more and bouncing the ball back cycling that way and then pushing up with our our wing backs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Josh. What uh, what do you get? Who do you got back there? What's your center back pairing? I, I feel like you got something for us there. So Rudiger was my honorable mention. Um, I actually have his partner uh, as my first choice, Thiago Silva. Yeah, see, I was torn between Silva and Rudiger, but I feel like I personally feel like Rudiger's been a little better than Thiago Silva mm -hmm. in like in, in like the all around facets of their games this uh, this season. I like Thiago Silva in the box, like uh, attacking wise. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I, yeah, they're right down the middle. They're honestly like one I feel like does not outshine the other too too much. I think you can make cases for both, 
the other one that I have in here that again this is like I, I kind of based some of mine on impact um, this one you guys you aren't expecting at all Mohamed Salisu from uh, Southampton I, I like my, it my socks like it. just got knocked off but I, and I, I can dig see, it I can see it and I like it and I'm going to pretend that this is you taking a dig at me for saying they were going to get relegated <laughs> Southampton aren't going to get relegated. I actually really nah, do like I was, this guy. I was very wrong about that, but continue. Sorry. <laughs> they they breed like just good defenders, and if you, I know I know stats like don't necessarily speak for themselves in this situation because like Southampton obviously face more pressure, so you have to take these with a little bit of a grain of salt. But uh, pressures, tackles, and aerials one. He's in the top ninety percent of all center backs in Europe. Uh, and that's obviously kind of showing some talent, at least, especially tackles, because you know you can miss some tackles in a game, but you know to be able to make almost three tackles per ninety minutes is that's pretty impressive to that's, me. That's whenever impressive. I've watched that is impressive. him, yeah, whenever I've watched him, he seems like he's a controlling center back. He knows what he's doing, and I think that Southampton team probably leaks a lot more goals without him in there. Um, Absolutely, yeah. No, I I can wholeheartedly agree with that. I think I I felt losing Vestergaard would be a lot bigger of a loss for them this season. And I think he has stepped in really nicely in their back four and he's, he's made a, a way bigger difference than I expected him to. So hats yep. off to the lad and uh, you guys aren't getting relegated. I was fucking wrong. All right. <laughs> um, we can, we can hop into the midfield now. Um, we, did, we didn't do right, right back. back. Oh fuck. Well, it's Trent. It's Trent. It's yeah. Trent. It's Trent. <laughs> My well, honorable, I, I, I skipped it. So I skipped my honorable mention. I had Reese James um, as my honorable mention, so I waited till we were. Oh on the right yeah, side. If, if we're doing defensive honorable mentions now, um, as opposed to the end, which I guess makes sense, right? We we stare, yeah, yeah, stare back. So my honorable mention in defense is Connor Cody. Yeah, he he was somebody That's I toyed with as well, but he's like he's I believe leading the league in minutes played right now. Yeah, I'm, not I'm pretty sure he has like barely missed any time for Wolves. He's got the most goal line clearances for a player in the league right now, which is a weird stat. But I mean, especially he's a with how right how like how many balls that Jose Sar has saved. Yeah, like, and I mean, Cody's just like looked really solid in the back. He, he blocks shots like a fucking maniac. Yeah. He puts his body on the line every single game to try to you know yeah. preserve either the clean sheet or, or the wind or just like to keep out as many goals as possible. I thought, I think he's been amazing this entire season. Yep. Um, I think if not for the quality of the other couple of center backs you've mentioned above him, I would put him in. I was torn between him or Rudiger for my starting 11. Yep. Um, but I think, I think where Chelsea are and the quality that Rudiger brings to Chelsea's back five, um, yeah. he, he just edged it for me when I, when I was making my picks there. I thought about doing Reese James as an honorable mention at center back, but that's kind of a cheesy pick because it's kind of eh. Yeah. It's, it's all right, I guess. It, well, it's a half yeah. and half. If you pick him at center back, it's like, well, he's really not. You're kind of just picking him as a right back and putting him at center back. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we and we all had Trent at right back. Yeah. Uh, Trent no just kind of feels like Cancelo this season. Um, there's nothing really to talk about with Trent. He's nope. been incredible really good going forward um i actually i like to give trent shit for his defending i think he stepped it up a little bit this year he i think he's a little less suspect than normal i, I think trent has at least learned how to put himself in positions where he's yes. not going to get caught out as much this season so yeah. i tip my hat to you you trent um he's been very very good this year i i can i really can't say anything but good things about trent as much as i want to try to banter him in front of you too <laughs> um so jumping into the midfield 
Uh, do you guys want to just go like one at a time and say one of your midfielders? Do we all yeah. have a six? Yeah, I have a defensive midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Okay, why don't we just do sixes first then? All right, I've led every single time. Someone else say yours first. Um, I, I'll go first. I went Declan Rice. He's my honorable mention. Okay, that's that's fair enough, and I think there's a I think there's a few arguments for different. Uh, Rodri's definitely won. Um, yep, that's my pick. That, so yeah. my pick for the six is Rodri this season. In my opinion, I think Rodri's been the best defensive midfielder in the world this year. Um, so, yeah, I dropped him in. It's like Sergio Busquets reincarnate, but he's <laughs> a little bit less of a shithead. He hasn't dived as much, so I like him a little more. Again, I think Rodri faces just a little bit less pressure, so I think the work Rice has done um, kind of just emphasizes like how really good he is, and he he's added that little bit of uh, going forward, that little bit of like offensive touch shooting to his game yep. this year. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I think the only reason I put Rodri in there is because he's, he's so integral yeah. to City's recycling of possession. He makes smart interceptions all the time. Um and he's been really, really up for the big games. And and also this season in particular, he has been one of the most press-resilient players, I think, in the league. It's been, like, impossible mm. to get him off the ball. I'm just seeing he just spins out of trouble and just, like, gets it out to a fullback or spins out of trouble and knocks it in between the line to, like, Bernardo or Kevin De Bruyne or whoever else is playing in the midfield with him. Um, I think he's been really, really good. And he's formed, like, a weirdly good double-pivot partnership with Bernardo Yep. In big games, I don't know if you guys have no- have noticed that, but Bernardo playing like deep again, like against you guys at Anfield, for example. Um, and I think just his versatility as like a defensive midfielder who can kind of do the dirty side of things. Like I think he's kind of starting to pick up from Fernandinho, like when to start fouling people in the break and and you know become a master of the dark arts, so to speak. Um, I think he's added a couple more elements to his game this season, and I, I just think he's been world class. You know, since the start of the year, I don't think he's put a foot wrong in like any game honestly aside from crystal palace but every city player was mad and that lost to crystal palace so that game doesn't count so my my six has definitely put in wrong feet this year uh i had pogba um okay i put in pogba because uh his production has been like double what he's done over the last two years so far um, I think he's playing in a challenging side with a lot of changes, and I think he anchors what the midfield has been doing when he's able to play instead of sitting out from a red card. Um, but uh, I just I think Paul Pogba has been um, kind of the player that he should have been for the last three years um, and has had the ability to do, and that's why I have him in mind. Um I wanted to put in Rodri. I uh, he was my he was my second choice. See, Mitch, I th- I think this is going to be the only only pick so far anyway that I just really disagree. You don't with. agree with? And yeah, I know. I he I know. My, he was only good for like three weeks. I honestly, the six assists, like four of them came in one game. I just I, don't think he's been good at all, personally. Not to not to just I understand sit, sit where you're coming and be from. like you're wrong. But that, that's the only one. I just really – I can't I know. see, see Pogba getting into a team of the season right now. I know. That's why it's mine. Yeah, and you know what? You're entitled. That's You're allowed fine. to have that opinion. Um, so, moving to the next spots. Um, my next center mid, uh, I don't think anybody didn't expect this to happen. Um, I think he's been the best midfielder in the world, and I think he's a top three player in the world right now. Uh, it's Bernardo Silva. Uh, I, similar to Rodri, don't think he's put a foot wrong all season. Um, he, he's actually scoring goals every once in a while now, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. 
Um, he's just been world-class uh, box to box. His, his work rate is unmatched. Uh, I think he's one of the better dribblers in the league. Um, the ball is just glued to his foot for the most part. Uh, he, I think he makes us tick from box to box. He picks the ball up deep, gets it, can just continues his runs. Uh, you know, I think he covers like more ground than fucking anyone. I don't have an exact statistic to back that up, but he's just always running. Um, uh, I think between his engine and his production and what he does on both sides of the ball and how involved he is in this city side that really needs someone to be as involved as he is and, and how sparse, you know, De Bruyne's involvement has been throughout the year with his injuries and, and his like pretty poor form for the most part uh, for a majority of the season. Uh, I think Bernardo has really, really stepped up this year and uh, is showing everybody, you know, why it would have been such a blow if city did end up selling him last summer and, why I'm so happy that as a fan, you know, why they retained him. I think he's just been phenomenal. This Is year. that another concrete one that all three of us had? Yes. Okay. So all three of us had Bernardo Silva in the midfield. So I guess we can just kind of skip that one pack and give us a yeah, little Yeah, for what Pat said. Hey, look at that. We agreed on something. <laughs> Nice. Um, my next one, I think, is controversial. I don't know if everybody has this guy in their midfield. Um, but if you listen to how I've been talking about a certain team with the cannon on their logo, there's one player that I've really, really liked all year. Um, and this one is a controversial pick, I understand. Uh, but I have Emil Smith-Rowe in my midfield. I also sure. had Emil Smith-Rowe there. Um I, I think what he has provided in Arsenal's midfield is something that they've been looking for for a very long time. Um, his production and his work rate have been insane, and I think he has been one of the most important midfielders to a side uh, this year, just in in terms of stepping it up when the team needs it. Yep, I, I think it's not a coincidence that a lot of Arsenal's good runs of form and their good games coincide with very good games from Emil Smith-Rowe. I think he is one of the only reasons uh, next to Tamiyasu uh, that Arsenal, you know, have made this resurgence and fought from literally the bottom of the table to fourth place. Um, I think Emil Smith-Rowe being given like free reigns in midfield has been one of the biggest reasons, you know, for their resurgence, among other Absolutely. things. But I think you can credit a lot of it to Emil Smith-Rowe and his performances, you know, throughout the season. So Smith-Rowe was one of my honorable mentions. Um, I have another midfielder from London, though, as, as my other midfielder, um, and that's Connor Gallagher. Oh, yo, I like that pick a lot. I like that pick a lot. I think I, I like it because but. he plays on a team that's inept of offensive creativity and to have, I think, nine goal contributions. I think he has six and three. Yeah, um, yeah he's been phenomenal. Yeah, and he's played in, like, every game. And he's just been boss. And I, that one was actually an easy pick for me. I, I didn't really consider um, ESR. I have him as an honorable mention, um, but I have a, quite a few honorable mentions. So uh, I think uh, Gallagher slotted in quite nicely into the team of the season. I think he deserved a shout. Yeah, I, I I added an honorable mention like a quarter of the way through the pod, and it was Gallagher because I was just like yeah. reviewing oh, yeah. my team, and I was just like, "Holy fuck, how did I forget him?" But I couldn't. I could. I I don't think he's quite at the level of the other three that are in the midfield, so that's why he, he like doesn't really miss out. He he misses out narrowly on my eleven, but I think he's had such a fucking good year. So that's a good shout, Josh. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, the and 
the few games that I have watched of Crystal Palace, he's been all over the place. Like he's a fucking animal. I just hate that he's very, a very good player. Lad. Yeah, he's gonna go back there, and uh, maybe they'll sell him because they don't. I don't know. He's well, not so, Mason Mount. So uh, shout, yeah, time. shout that we. <laughs> didn't say was mason mount that probably deserves one. honorable mention yeah, mason he, mount's my other honorable mention yeah he was he was one of my two midfield honorable mentions as well i think him and rudiger have been chelsea's two best players this year i i just think that chelsea's success has come from the back not the midfield or the forward so rudiger mm-hmm. kind of got that nod ahead of any other chelsea player in my 11 and i think esr has been far more important for what he does for Arsenal than what Mason Mount does for Chelsea at the moment. So that's just why ESR narrowly gets in over uh, over Mount for me personally. But he's having a really, really good season. I think a lot of Chelsea's success has come from games where Mason Mount scores a goal or, or just puts in a good performance. Um, I like to banter Mason Mount. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I said he was kind of shit last year. Um, proved me wrong a little bit. He's a pretty good player, so... I thought he was going to be kind of, I thought he was overhyped initially. Um, He completely proved me wrong. Yeah. He's having a pretty good year, Um, which is, it's good to see. I mean, I I, I like when, you know, players have good seasons. I like watching good (laughs) football, so I don't hate it. Uh, We can go to the forwards now. I feel like you guys want to start on the right. Yeah. Let's just get the obvious one out of the way. Um, Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Yeah, it's. I was gonna try to think of someone funny to say, but I couldn't think of someone funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's Mohamed Salah. <laughs> there's not uh, even somebody you could slot in there. Best player in the world. That's really not that hard. Um, I, sh- I should have fucking said Jaden Sancho. That's why I should. <laughs> um, Made but, in Kensington. Yeah, Salah's been fucking amazing. I'll let you guys talk about him if you want, but goddamn, he's been so good. Yeah, he's having a Thierry on rest. Uh an Henri-esque run right now. I think he's starting to kind of build up his, especially if he can, if Liverpool can win another like league title, I think he's really building up like one of his, um, you know, his main legacy at Liverpool. I think he's starting to build up as like probably one of the best um, to ever do it in the Premier League. I think Salah is really unfortunate to be playing in an era where a Pep Guardiola team is in the same league as him, just because if there's one thing that Guardiola teams know how to do, it's win their domestic leagues. Yep. Unfortunately. And I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, it's, it's just how like look at him at Bayern, look at him at Barca. Like if there's one thing and he, he's even said it himself, he loves winning the league, which is why I think it's Barca. They need a manager. Well, th- that's why I don't like giving the, the Sala talk, especially, or like a lot of players, I don't like using just titles to talk about how good they are. Right. Yeah. Cause I think it, if like Steven Gerrard never won a Premier League title, he's still one of the best players of, of all yeah, time. Yeah. yeah especially in the Premier League. Um, and I think Salah is going to be the same way. I think regardless of how many more Premier League titles he wins, um, if you watch the game and, and you know ball and you're not like a fucking little internet troll, you're going to recognize what is greatness being put in front of you. And, and you know, yep. that's come from someone who fucking hates the guy for the most part. <laughs> but he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And he's really is making history for that Liverpool side. And, and I think when it's said and done and he finishes time, his time with Liverpool – he's going to go down as one of the best players the league has ever seen. Yeah, I couldn't agree Absolutely. with that more. Uh, another Liverpool forward, do we all have him? Because I think you can. there's some argument about like where you put him. I have Jota as left wing. I do as well. I do as well. That one's pretty so, easy. I mean, he's just been all over the place great. this season. He's been so good. And he's Ten goals. He's been out of nowhere. 
10 goals, most of them with his head for a tiny little Portuguese lad. It's He's been fun to watch this year. He's, he's been, been a very, lot very of fun. Um, stepped up big today. <laughs> um, he's a ball yeah, he's hawk, scoring. Man. He is. Yeah. He's, he's, he's insane, and he fits so well into this Liverpool forward uh, front three. It's it's good that you guys because in, in my opinion I think your front th- your front two, Jota Sala, and Trent have really been carrying your side this year. Absolutely. At least in my opinion, you guys have have good players all over the place. But I think Trent Sala Jota in particular have been three guys that have like really been making sure you guys just don't fucking lose games. <laughs> and the fact that Mane has not seemed th- like the player that we all you know saw these past couple of years but and he still has seven goals like that's that's the thing you have someone like jata who can really step up and be that guy i think jata is better than mane right now yeah and on current form absolutely i mean i thought he was a little bit better than mane last year all things considered i don't think mane has been very good for the past like year and a half he's just looked funny like Missing really easy chances, you know. I think he, he actually leads the league like in missed chances. Player. Yeah, he's he had a weird year because the goals are up this year, but it's like his overall play is still kind of just like, eh. Him Down. and Jota yeah. are tied for league leaders and big chances missed with nine. That's funny, but Jota has three more goals, so you ignore those for him, and you're like, oh. well, Mane's not having a bad year. Let's, I'm not trying to say Mane's, like, terrible, right. but he's just not the player he was Correct. a couple no, years no. ago. Um, who's your striker? This this this, this was the hardest one for me to pick because <laughs> every fucking number nine in the league this year has felt so goddamn average. It, it hasn't been the best year for number nines. This is the best um, pick, I think, in my opinion. I think the most – I think we're going to have three different players. Who do you have, Josh? I have Emmanuel Dennis from Watford. I like that pick. That's, That's a, a good shout. pick. That's fun. Nine goal contributions, again, in a team that is offensively inept, and he's doing it on the world's biggest stage in the best league. He has been yep. – also, he has 30% of Watford shots on target this year. He's literally doing everything for that side. Um, I have a guy who's – kind of the only reason that Manchester United are getting points from a lot of these games and it's Cristiano Ronaldo fuck do I hate him but he is getting Ronaldo or getting United three points way more than I want them to so 74 goals he just loves securing the three points for United that was my honorable mention in terms of like impact I think he's there but like overall play I thought Dennis was better and that's why I picked him no, I don't think Ronaldo's overall play has been good since like 2016. Yeah. So you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> but he is scoring goals. And at the end of the day, I think that is the most important thing you can judge like a, a number nine on a striker. I think ultimately like that is what that role is supposed to do is score goals. And he's scoring goals and he's scoring important goals. So and for that probably... reason, thank you for explaining why I picked mine. I had Jamie Vardy. I'm with it. That thank was my you. honorable mention. <laughs> thank you. Because Jamie Vardy has nine goals and Lester are dog shit. And it's not <laughs> like they have anybody else to step up and do anything. They have yeah. Madison. Yori Tillman's. Telemans, Madison, Vardy. Those are, I mean, and then oh, and then they have Schmeichel and Nett. Okay, hey, you put Harvey some respect Barnes on Wilford decent. and Didi. Kalecha Iannaccio, come on, man. 
You respect Kalechi Iannaccio. Respect Iannaccio. But no, I, I had Vardy as mine. Still not the player he has been over the last few years, but um, still up there and banging in goals as a number nine. Yeah, he's having a good year. I, I, literally the only reason I picked Ronaldo over Vardy is Ronaldo's goals are the only reason United are in the top six right now. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely. Do we want to um, do a manager? I think we can. I can go first or last. You, you go all first, know Pat. who I'm going to fucking say. Pep? Pep. It's an interesting one. I, Pep. Pep is the manager I have picked this year. Um, I think what he is doing at the moment without a striker is... Mm, that's a good point. Un- unbelievable. Uh, caught up to Liverpool's goal difference in the last two days. Ten clean sheets, no striker. This is the most defensively solid Manchester City team we have ever seen. Um, the, the system he's got the guys playing in, not only does it work, but it works extremely well. Um, and I, I think the past year and a half maybe have shown this, but this year in particular, I think the word I'm trying to find a, a looser simile for is pragmatic, but mm. Pep has started to maybe respect a lot of a lot of sides a little bit more. Um, example, uh, like Liverpool uh, starting a double pivot against Liverpool, giving De Bruyne like a free roam role in that game and leaving Rodri and Bernardo to play clean up duty and stop you guys for making those those hard countering plays like that and like versus Chelsea knowing they were going to sit deep positioning the team really high I think he's doing much better in big games and he's getting the team just up to kill the little fish and for the most part it is working um and, and I, I just think that tactically and all, you know all things considered I, I feel that Guardiola has been the best manager this season. Um, my honorable mention for a manager, um, similar to last season, uh, it's David Moyes. I think his West Ham has been phenomenal. And I think that you can't praise him enough for what he is doing with that side. David Moyes was my um, pick. Oh, uh, I, uh, I think I with Moyes. Yeah, like where he was last season, you reset the table, um, fans are allowed back in stadiums, and to continue doing what he did last year is what's most impressive, in my opinion. Right, and, you know, I can see why you would say that, too. Um, I I think West Ham have been really good. I was torn between Pep and Moyes, honestly, from a manager of the season. Um, I just think the way that Pep has City playing this year. You didn't want to shout Tuchel? (laughs) Are we wrong to not shout Arteta? I, I I was torn between Moyes and Arteta. Um, I actually had Arteta as my honorable mention because just what he has been able to do after the start. And, and endure the, from the fans, honestly. And endure, yeah. like, just to stand up and, and actually make, make the side work with what he had is so impressive. Um, I think the... Tommy Asu, the... obviously a big signing, but... The, the decisions he's made and what he's done to kind of balance out the side has been phenomenal. 
Yeah, I, I think the balls to say not only am I going to give the kids a run, I'm going to suspend our club captain. Mm. I'm I'm going to get some. I'm I'm going to fix this fucking locker room, and I'm going to do it however I have to do it. Yeah, I, I think him recognizing that and then doing it like he, he's showing a bit more ruthlessness. Um, and I think you need to do it when you have a team with like these aging superstars that like have these unnecessary egos and these young kids that like need someone to really push them in the right direction. Um, yeah, I think Arteta's a really, really good shout. I, I do think we were a little a little wrong to not mention him as well there, Josh. Um, I, I think he's doing a really good job with Arsenal this year. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only reason I didn't think about him was because of how poor of a start yeah. they yeah. had. Um, but the recovery can't be praised enough, and if they keep it up and they finish top four, I think he should be in discussion for manager of the year, all things considered. He's starting to show signs of building a culture, which is nice. Yeah, that's really, really big. You can there's a the past few games for sure. It feels like there's more a more defined style of play. You can see it on the pitch too, which is I, again very important, I think as well. Um, so yeah, that was uh, talking team of the season with the main stand. That was like surprisingly cordial, guys. I know yeah. we agreed on a lot of picks, and I feel like uh, I feel like there's just a lot of good shouts in the Premier League this year. So it's hard to really you know step on toes. Yeah, right. There, yeah, there's been I mean, some, some consistency across the board, from, at least. Aside from fucking Paul Pogba in the midfield, I Shut think we all agreed on everything. Rafinha is not a bad mouth. shout, too. We kind of left him. Yeah, out. nah, he's, I, he's I thought really about it, too, but eight, eight goals, right? Seven yeah. or eight goals? Eight. Uh, nine. Yeah, he's having a good year for Leeds. Nine. No, eight, 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 eight. Sorry. I yeah, he's having quickly. a good year. I, I just like tough to put a Leeds player anywhere because they're so I fucking know. dog shit. We'll save. Maybe we'll we'll say. Yeah, we'll nah, we'll we'll save Rafinha for the secret segment at the at the end of the season. Yes, <laughs> we we got plans. We got plans, guys. So, um, I think that was episode nineteen. Episode you nineteen. Don't, you Twenty don't next week, about, boys. You don't want to mention the naughty and nice list. Ooh, I don't have anyone. I have a I have an obvious one for the naughty list. And it's Paul <laughs> Tierney. And he's getting a pair of fucking glasses for Christmas. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> we just end the that's episode funny. there yeah. yeah that's it that's yep. it see you that's... guys later um yeah if, i mean hey if you made it this far in the episode thank you for listening this far um if you celebrate christmas have a very merry christmas this episode should be out before the holiday time so um yes when you're getting drunk with your family on christmas morning put this on your speakers and have them listen to it with you correct like Absolutely. share and subscribe to the thing yeah if you're, if you're yeah if you're watching on youtube hit the bell so, you know, whenever we post videos, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment with uh, your team of the seasons. DM us your team of the seasons, too, on Instagram. Um, tweet it to us. Do whatever you want to do. Let's have a discussion. Uh, there'll be graphics for all the team of the seasons, too. We welcome the the, the open discussion with everything. Um, just don't come in the comments with a wrong opinion because Josh will flame you on the main account and his personal yes. account. Yeah, he, double he's coming double, bar- double barrel shotgun from Ricker. This dude uses our podcast Instagram. This is Kevin Durant burner. Yeah, that's <laughs> correct. All right, guys. All right, thanks guys. for listening. Have a very happy holiday period. Uh, stay safe. I hope you get everything you wanted and more, unless you're a Man United fan. Have a good night. Deuces. Peace.